I'm Russell, and this is Voice Over Work, an audiobook sampler. Where do you listen? Today is Tuesday, the 18th of April, 2023. In his recent book, The Lifelong Learner, Peter Hollins introduces the concept of deep work. Deep work is the ability to focus without distraction. And in our ever more connected world, that talent is becoming increasingly valuable. Author Cal Newport, in his book, Deep Work, defines it as the ability to focus without distraction on a cognitively demanding task. Author Newport argues that deep work is essential for producing high-quality work and for achieving true satisfaction with our work. In today's episode, we'll explore the concept of deep work from Peter Holland's book, Lifelong Learner. The term deep work was coined by Cal Newport, a computer science professor and best-selling author, clearly someone with high levels of focus, in his book, Deep Work. In the book, he highlights two different working methods, deep work and shallow work. Shallow work consists of tasks that take up the majority of our time and energy. They're the tasks that keep us busy, and as Cal Newport puts it, they keep the lights on. Checking your emails, having meetings, Invoicing clients and making your PowerPoint presentation visually appealing are all examples of shallow work. Are they important? Of course. But they are the difference makers, and they're not the things that will lead to creation and innovation. This work won't produce results that will get you a promotion or solve a company-wide problem. It's quite simply just work we must do. Because this type of work is not cognitively demanding, we can balance it quite easily with distractions. If you're midway through checking your emails and suddenly your phone buzzes and you need to reply to a few texts, you'll find it relatively easy to switch back to focusing on your emails when those texts have been sent. While these tasks require attention, the attention is not intense and you can flip between tasks because of how little brain power is required to complete them. In contrast, deep work requires focus. Lots of focus. It requires brain power and a distraction-free environment. Think of tasks like coding, creative writing, and complex problem solving. The kind of tasks that you could lose all sense of time while completing if only you didn't keep checking your phone. This is the type of work that produces quality, and it's becoming increasingly rare. Let's give another example. You've been deep working for 20 minutes on researching a new article. Your phone buzzes and you begin to answer a few texts. When you try to go back to focusing on your research, you can't. You lose the momentum of your focus and the discomfort required to re-enter the deep work state only makes further distractions more appealing. So you decide to open your emails and complete some other shallow tasks. Within 30 minutes, you're on YouTube watching a video of a dog trying to carry two tennis balls in its mouth at the same time. Okay, that, that might have gotten a little bit specific, but hopefully you get the point. Cognitively demanding tasks cannot be maintained with distractions. One of the biggest advantages of being able to deep work often and for longer is this. Not many people can. 
the Western world is so bombarded with high dopamine distractions that it's no wonder we're losing our ability to concentrate and put distractions aside for even relatively short periods of time. While this is a problem on a societal level, it offers huge opportunities on the individual level. If you can train yourself to work free of disturbances on things that are difficult to do, you will have a huge competitive advantage over those who cannot. If you can produce in an hour what others produce in a day, you'll be more successful than those people. The ability to focus and avoid distraction and interruption is fast becoming a superpower. However, you don't need to be bitten by a radioactive spider or go through secret military experiments to get it. What you need to do is much scarier than that. Make yourself comfortable with being uncomfortable. Learning how to deep work is a great way to practice this skill. Okay, so we've established that deep work is important. Now, here's the fun bit. How can you get better at deep working and make it a more consistent part of your life? One of the fundamental steps to increasing the amount of deep work you can achieve is simple. And we've actually just done it. We've defined it. Deep working should now mean something to you. You should be able to identify what parts of your workload will require deep work and which parts you can do while shallow working. Try putting these differences into writing. On a piece of paper, draw out two columns. Label these deep work and shallow work. Think about all the tasks your work requires you to do and put each task under one of these categories. Just knowing the differences and knowing when you need to use different working styles is fundamental to implementing them successfully in life. The next step is to think about what exactly your deep work sessions will look like. It's important to have a clear picture in your head. How do you plan to minimize distractions? How long is a deep work session for you? Will you take breaks? What parts of your environment can you change to make them less distracting? What will you do with your phone? What happens if someone distracts you? How will you get back into the flow of deep work if a distraction does occur? It's good to be prepared and planned for these situations so you're not relying solely on emotive decisions in the moment. The way you deep work should be kept consistent. Cal Newport even recommends having deep working rituals in place. These serve to subconsciously reinforce that you are about to start deep working. Newport's own ritual looks a bit like this. He'll take the same walk to work, different from his regular, go to the same office space, and make the same coffee in the same cup. These actions are purposely different to those he does when his goal is shallow work, and they help his brain seamlessly slip into deep work mode. What rituals can you implement to help you? Are you able to work in a different location? Are you able to drink something different? Maybe playing a certain type of music or doing breath work before can be part of your ritual. Whatever you choose, ritualizing deep work is a fantastic way to distinguish it from other work commitments. Planning, protecting, and measuring deep work. 
A key aspect of introducing more deep work into your life is planning, protecting, and measuring it. Failure to plan the times when you will deep work will, for most people, lead to the deep work session being skipped or not fully utilized. The deep work to shallow work ratio and the deep work philosophies, both mentioned below, are great ways to begin this planning process. Once you've planned your deep working time, it is vital to protect it. Treat your scheduled deep working sessions as you would a meeting or other commitment. A great way to achieve this is by blocking that time off in your calendar. Decide when you want to start deep work and when you want to finish. And most importantly, do not allow yourself to skip it. Planning your time is making a commitment to yourself. Make sure you uphold that commitment. If someone suggests a call during your deep work time, you can't. You're busy. You have a commitment. Many people will see the time they blocked off for personal commitments as amendable. Do not be one of those people. Respect your new deep working habit the same way you would respect a meeting with an important client or boss. By properly planning and protecting your deep work sessions, you should be able to adequately measure the time spent deep working. These measurements will prove useful when assessing your own productivity and workload, as you'll be able to see what ratio of quality, high-focus work produces what results. If you have blocked off time in your calendar and protected that time, you can easily look back and know exactly how much deep work you were able to achieve. This is also a good point to remind you that deep working is a skill, and like all skills, you can get better at it. Being able to focus your attention on a cognitively demanding task for long periods is difficult. If you're not used to working in this manner, then spending one hour straight on deep work might be too long. There's no shame in starting small and building a great deep working habit over time. The deep work to shallow work ratio. By now, you should have a clear idea of which of your tasks require deep work and which require shallow work. The next part is to work out the perfect ratio of working hours between each working method. How many hours a week should you spend on deep work? How many hours a week should you spend on shallow work? Although each job role will have a different answer, Cal Newport identifies knowing the answer to be vital to the implementation of deep work and increased productivity. If you are employed, this will be something you figure out with your boss or manager. How long do they want you to spend replying to emails? How long do they want you to spend on project proposals? By knowing your ratio, you can identify when things aren't working for whatever reason. For example, if your boss and you identify that the perfect ratio is one-to-one, -one, with 20 hours a week being spent on shallow work and 20 hours being spent on deep work, then a week where you're only able to achieve three hours of deep work highlights a problem. This problem could be with your workload or with the ratio, but it should open up a productive conversation with your boss or manager. Deep Work Philosophies if you are self-employed or working on a passion project, 
Newport suggests that one of the best ways to achieve greater levels of deep working is to have a deep working philosophy. This philosophy will be critical to your ability to implement deep work into your day-to-day life, as it will guide your scheduling decisions. Different people in different fields will find value in different scheduling philosophies. The way a stockbroker fits deep work into his workday will likely be completely different from how a life coach does. For this reason, it's important to think realistically, not just ideally, about which would be best suited for you. The following philosophies, as outlined by Newport in his book, should serve as a good starting point. Monastic This philosophy's core principle is to increase deep work time by eliminating or radically reducing shallow work commitments. A famous example of this would be J.K. Rowling in her efforts to complete the final Harry Potter book. Rowling checked herself into a five-star hotel and made finishing the book her sole commitment. She ended up staying at the Balmoral Hotel for six months. This seems like quite a radical move, but for Rowling, it was perfect for eliminating any distractions and shallow work commitments that weren't serving her current goal. Bimodal As the name suggests, the bimodal philosophy involves dividing your time between two modes, deep and shallow. You'll switch modes either on a weekly or monthly basis to best achieve the perfect balance needed for your goals. For example, you might choose to spend one entire month working on the code for a new app you're building, and then the following month sending emails and working on the promotional aspects of the project. Rhythmic. This involves shifting between deep work and shallow work on a daily schedule. For example, scheduling two hours of deep work first thing every morning, and then allowing the rest of the day to be occupied by shallow work. Journalistic. This method involves opportunistically fitting in deep work whenever you can. This method would work well for those who have a constantly changing schedule. For example, if the majority of your day needs to be taken up with shallow work tasks, you might find opportunities to have a deep work session when a meeting gets canceled or when you unexpectedly finish your workload for the day early. As you can see, Deep work is pretty individual. Different jobs, workloads, lifestyles, and personalities will benefit from different methods and attitudes to deep working. Finding your own style of deep work may take some time, and doing the cognitive reps to get you to sustain that focus may take even longer, but the rewards of habitual deep focus on cognitively demanding tasks have never been higher. While the convenience of mobile phones and social media continue to make sustained attention rare, there has never been a better time to take control of your focus and harness it for your own plan. This has been The Lifelong Learner, How to Develop Yourself, Continually Grow, Expand Your Horizons, and Pursue Anything, written by Peter Hollins, narrated by Russell Newton. Copyright 2023 by Peter Hollins. Production copyright by Peter Hollins.
Please be sure to visit Amazon.com or Audible.com for more information on this book and the author. Show notes and further information can be found at RussellEricNewton.com. With a collection of trivia, research, news stories, and knowledge from some of the newest audiobooks on the market, this has been the Voice Over Work Podcast, brought to you by Newton Media Group, a family of creative services.